0: Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business news podcast from Business in Vancouver newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Tyler Orton, and right now we're seeing a bit of a surprise turnaround in real estate activity in Vancouver recently. Last month we saw sales and housing starts jump throughout the region, and today we're going to break it all down with Jason Turcott. He's Vice President of Development at Cressy Development Group. Jason, thanks for joining us on the show.
1: Good to talk to you again, Tyler.
0: So let's maybe start with sales here. Uh, Summer—it's usually a sleepier period for the sector, and we've seen real estate, you know, kind of easing off the gas pedal recently. But what kind of pickup did we see last month? Maybe let's start with numbers based on what the Real Estate Board of Greater Vancouver is showing us.
1: Yeah, it was a—it was a bit of a, a surprise in terms of uh, comparison to what we normally expect to see, and and uh, um, you know, I guess from a from a month-to-month uh, perspective, although I don't put a lot of stock in what that means in terms of what the market's actually doing, it was surprising uh, in that uh, typically we see the activity in the real estate market peak in terms of uh, volume of sales around May, April and May in, in the spring, and it's a pretty steady decline in activity with a small flip of uh, uh, where it upticks a little around the end of September and October, so those months but a small uh uh, increase in those months. But generally, the trend line is downward. And what we saw from June to July was actually quite the opposite, where the trend line bucked the trend, so to speak, and uh, shot up uh, in July, uh, so much so that it was actually within a uh, pretty close uh, range of the 10-year average for July. And, and that's uh, you know that's a 10-year average. It is pretty exceptional. I mean, that was a, a, a 10-year spell where we saw sales volumes on it, and just about every month, um, you know, a very high levels of sales for that 10 years. So uh, yeah, a bit of a surprise. There.
0: Yeah. So how much stock, I, I know you alluded to this, but how much stock do we put into this one month of big activity? Do, are, are we going to have to take a wait and see approach to see if this speaks to anything more generally? Do we have to look at maybe the August numbers, the September numbers first, or what are your thoughts right now just based on this uh, particular month?
1: Yeah. I mean, month over month, I don't, I, I don't think is a, is a real big, you know, point of analysis for me in particular, but when I look year over year, when I see um, what the market did in July this year versus last year, I mean, those numbers are pretty remarkable. Um, Last year, July numbers were were very, very quiet. And then we see this year, um, uh, um, you know, a pretty substantial increase in the number of sales. And we also have seen over that course of that year, um, you know, I would say a significant uh, Change in the, in the price of the average home that has sold as well. So, and I think it speaks to why we have seen that uh, that increase in July in the number of sales. And then looking forward to August, you know, I, I do think again that we're going to we're going to continue to be below 10-year norms. Uh, but I think if we compare it again to last year, we will see uh, based on what I'm hearing and seeing so far this year. That these these August numbers are going to look a lot better.
0: So, if I hear you correctly, maybe some buyers are out there. They're noticing some price drops, and they're looking at where interest rates are right now. It's looking like an okay market for buyers to uh, kind of dig into at this moment.
1: Yeah, and I think that's 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 entirely the reason for it. You know, there's been enough time here, I think, gone by with uh, this quote unquote softer market. Well, I think people have started to feel like they can have some confidence back in the marketplace. And what they're seeing when they go shopping is that there's some good deals to be had. Uh, uh, it does take some time for um, for the slower market to, to work its way through and, and actually cause some um, some price adjustment. And we're seeing that particularly on the single family side, which is more, you know, I think uh, quicker to adjust Um uh, to pricing because most of it is older inventory where you know you're pricing to the market as opposed to um, what we see on the pre-sale and, and uh, condominium side where our our pricing is uh, to a large degree predicated on, our, on a cost base which unfortunately hasn't adjusted a whole lot. So on the single-family side, there's certainly some good deals out there and where, where developers have been able to on new product they are adjusting and some uh, some of the incentives available are quite attractive.
0: Yeah, because correct me if I'm wrong. You can speak to this more than I can. But developers, they're generally reluctant to play around with prices, especially for those pre-sales. Uh, it's the incentives that are more that they can play around with. Is that kind of correct? There.
1: Yeah. Well, particularly for for a program that's that's midstream. You know, if you if you launch a, a site and you're you know you're trying to keep um, sales momentum's going, you do have to be mindful that you do have people who have bought in and. Of course, you know maintaining value in, in your in your buildings, and, and 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 not to mention that you know we do work on on a on a margin basis that is not you know it's not it's not as big as people probably think it is. Uh, and with things like um, bank loans and whatnot, you have a certain certain pricing that you must uphold in order to you know be a good standing on with your lenders and all that kind of good stuff. So uh, on the pre-sale and and, and um, you know new product side pricing tends to be a little more inflexible than what we see on older product and, 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 you know, hence, you know, single family where, where, you know, often you're talking about people who've owned it a long time and and have seen a a large increase over the last number of years, particularly if they they have owned it a while. Uh, So their ability to be a little more uh, responsive to the market is certainly um, greater.
0: So I, I don't know. I, I like doing hypotheticals every once in a while. And I, I'm wondering if maybe uh, hypothetically we do see sales increase, sales increase for the next few months. Do you think then it, it moves away from being more of a buyer's market and, and sellers start to raise prices again? Or do you think we've just kind of fallen in to this kind of atmosphere where we have a lot of government efforts, these government tools to cool down the housing market that maybe this is kind of the new normal for prices, at least for the time being?
1: I think it's more the latter. I think um, the you know the resurgence of some buyers and uh, showing their willingness to write checks is, is great. I think it's it's great for uh, the economy, for for jobs, for for the market in general. But I don't expect that what this is going to lead to is a frenzy like we saw anything near uh, you know the years of uh, fourteen through seventeen. Um, that was um, unprecedented and not the healthiest of, of markets. I would concede and. Uh, uh, I think what we're what we're going to go through here is it was um, uh, a duration where we see activity and plenty of it, but I think we will remain below that ten year uh, trend line most months. And I, uh, you know, there could be um, uh, a, a global events that happen that that cause it to spike one way or the other or change, but uh, those are sort of unpredictable. And one of the things we're keeping our eye on right now is what's going on in Hong Kong, because of course. Uh, as uncertainty rises, there we do typically tend to see um, increases in, in, in immigration. And what we have in Hong Kong as well is a, is a large number of people who are actually have dual citizenship and have a fairly, uh, you know, for, for them to return back to Canada with Canadian citizenship is, is something that's very available to them. And uh, so there's there's some speculation that we may see a, a slight influx of uh, capital and people moving back to Canada from that part of the world, but uh, yeah, I think generally speaking, we're going to see months that have lots of activity, but we will be below the 10 year average.
0: And With regards to the Hong Kong question, because that's something that we've been talking about in the newsroom here at Business in Vancouver as well, though, you, you have the, the, a large number of Canadian citizens living there. You have a lot of people with a lot of networks already here in Vancouver. How much of it is maybe people maybe already have access to homes, whether they're staying with family or they may actually own property already versus do we see maybe that the rental markets uh, having even more pressure being put on it as maybe more people come from hong kong over to metro vancouver
1: yeah it's a good question and i think probably the safe answer is all of the above you know i think uh, you know i mean it doesn't take a a a really a large number of people to move you know in a brief period of time into our city for us to feel the impact I Mm i mean our vacancy rates are are so low um you know um that even a even a a slight increase in demand for rental housing is going to have an impact um and then of course yeah i think you're right you know there's there's a lot of canadian citizens living in that part of the world that uh, do own real estate here we know that through the uh you know parts of the 90s we had um we had a major influx of capital from hong kong when when uh when it was reverting back to Chinese authority back in nineteen ninety seven, we saw a major increase in activity from Hong Kong buyers. So yeah, I think you're right. A lot of them probably do own real estate here and maybe looking to move back into that. And if they are displacing rentals, of course that has an impact on the rental market as well. But I also think you're gonna have people who who don't own and will will be wanting to come over here and own. Um and, and no, I think the dust still needs to settle there on whether this is a real um, you know, possibility that we're going to see a, a number of people moving back, but it's certainly something that people are talking about in the real estate community.
0: Well, one of the other things I think uh, you can speak to as well is that we did see a jump in housing starts uh, here in Vancouver, Metro region, uh, Vancouver and Surrey, especially saw kind of a bump going on. What do you make of this, uh, especially as a developer like yourself?
1: Well, again, I think, you know, you have to be careful not to put too much stock in a single month of it because, it, you know, a lot of these times the, the timing of these, of these uh, housing starts in terms of building permits is, is is not necessarily market related because they take so long to get through a system in the first place, uh, but the fact that people are put, pulling building permits and and why I, I suspect we're seeing uh, you know a large number in Surrey in particular is um, where where developers do have the ability to respond more quickly to market changes, pricing, et cetera, and where we see construction costs adjust more quickly. Is in wood frame uh, products, so that's typically you know single family homes, as at townhomes and four story apartments. Um, the larger scale concrete condominiums not only do they um, take a much greater effort in terms of pre sales and hitting those targets to get it off the ground, they also they also adjust much more slowly on the cost side of things. So um, it's sort of a double edged sword in terms of trying to meet those. Um, those pre-sale targets because you have a cost base that takes longer to adjust just because the durations are so much longer. So I, I, you know, I don't put a lot of stock in what it means in terms of a trend line, but it's certainly an indication that, um, uh, you know, people are still trying to get projects out to the market and and probably more so in the wood frame product than concrete.
0: Well, I think we have a lot to keep our eyes on going forward. And uh, Jason, I want to thank you for joining us on the show today.
1: Always my pleasure.
0: Thanks, Tyler. That's Jason Turcotte, Vice President of Development at Cressy Development Group. And that's it for the show today. We'll be back tomorrow. For now, you can find our archives on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Share with your friends. It's going to help us reach even more people. For now, I'm Tyler Orton. Thanks for listening.